PTA. Aloha. I told Hope earlier that I had a particular question for her. Okay. Oh, how fun. And here it is. Okay. The germ theory of disease mm. yes. is like a, you know, a thing. And uh, probably the people in here are mixed on it. Some people favor it and some people don't. Okay. And I just you know, wanted to hear what you had to say about that idea of a germ theory of disease. <laughs> 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 Tell us what the germ theory is. <laughs> well, it means that if I ever get uh, sick, you get that kind of sickness, the germ sickness. Cooties. <laughs> if you've got a disease, you know I don't want to get near you because I'll get the germs. Right. That's basically what it is. Contagious. Contagious. Yeah. Is that yeah. part of it? Contagion. Yeah. <laughs> but it even goes to a cut on my hand. You yeah. Know, I don't want. I want to keep it clean. Uh huh. No germs. Right. Yeah. I get you. That's why I let the flies clean it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then the worms. Yeah. 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 And then put the flies in. Clean the So that's a fun. That's a fun one, and you know it's. It's like just like any other illusion. It's just the same like any other illusion. It appears to be doing something. It appears that you have to you have to keep it clean. That's something that arises in the mind, and the keeping it clean too is also something that's just arising. It's just a it, it's just an illusion. So there's not a problem with keeping it clean. There's no problem with that. It doesn't mean you subscribe to the germ theory if you're keeping the your area the area clean because you're not doing anything. That's the trick. That it's, a, it's as if there is something there and that you have to do something about it. And then it's also taken by the ego in another way where it would be, hey, since germs aren't real, then you should just let the flies <laughs> clean that thing out. You know? <laughs> and, 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 that's, and that's still making it into something because you have to try to articulate your actions to show that there is no ger- no germ theory, it, you know. When you you're looking at it from the perspective of spirit, from the perspective of detachment, then you know that it could just play out as it does. You know, you could just no nothing has any effect on the other thing. It's all mental. Go back to the mental aspect of it. So when you're when you find yourself cleaning something, when you find yourself cleaning something. Go back to the mental aspect because the mental aspect is going to be something like, oh, this will help keep it clean so no germs can get on there. Mm-hmm. Just check that. Watch it. You're, you're just watching in awareness. You're just watching from the perspective of awareness. And when you're not buying into it and getting all emotional about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying, to, trying to make it so that, so that it's not going to get worse, that's one of them. Trying to make it so it's not going to get worse, and I mean mentally. I don't mean physically. Physically, it's okay. You, you know, you pick up an antibiotic or whatever. It doesn't matter. None of those things are real or true. It's the same thing. Like you know, a lot of a lot of folks take the medical system to be something that causes harm too, and it can't. It cannot possibly cause any harm. 
what I see, what I see people going through is this resistance to the physical, the resistance to the physical. And the thing about the physical is when you make it real, when you're resistant to it, that's when you're projecting for more and more problems. And I, I, see, it, I see it play out a lot. Like um, recently there's been some people coming up with this, this, this really intense cough. I guess it was going, out, it was, it was going around, so to speak, at the, the high school. Yeah, so to speak. <laughs> and it seems like it's really contagious because a bunch of people in the, in, in the high school have been getting it and keeping it for a really long time. Here's what I noticed about high school students. They get some kind of thing, a cough or something like that, and they're like, ugh, ugh, I don't want this. And then you see this persisting thing. <laughs> I noticed that with some adults too. Ah, oh. So the other morning, I forgot what morning it was, some morning last week, I wake up in the morning and I feel like this pressure on my throat and it seems like maybe the flu's coming on or maybe whatever those guys were doing is coming on or something like that. And it's just in noticing any kind of anxiety that's coming up about it. You know, I had a friend coming over for the weekend and the thought occurred to me, oh no. And, and it's just like, oh, there it is. And just in watching and, you know, by, oh, you guys came over that day. It was the same day you, you and Bob came over. <laughs> by the time you guys came over, I think that was noon. It wasn't even making any kind of an appearance. It wasn't even showing itself at all. Nothing. You know, and I noticed that it's the anxiety that it's driven off of. It's really the anxiety that these things are driven off of. You know, it's like, it, it's like if you, if you feel like this is a really bad thing and then you believe in that thought that this is a really bad thing or it could turn into a really bad thing, it tends to show itself in that way. It's really, it, it's really tricky. It's almost like it's, it's sneaky the way the illusion plays out. You know, it's, it, it's like getting you to buy into, oh, this thing is bad. You know, for me, it's just like, oh, it can go however it goes. It's perfect. It's perfect, whatever it is. I don't need it to go away. And then also, it's not really here. I'm making this up. I'm making this sensation up. And so, and I'm making this sensation up, and nothing's a problem. You keep on getting a sense of relaxation. And, you know, that's, that's where it shows you, okay, you're on the right track if you're getting a sense of relaxation, you know. If you're not getting a sense of relaxation, then it's like you have to do something. I have to keep this clean, or I have to put an antibiotic on it, or I have to make sure I protect myself from germs. It's all mental, though. It's all in the mind. And, you know, the way we set up the ego is to keep it like that. To just keep it, keep it like it's like it's a it's a real thing. Like these germs are real. Like there's something that you have to do. We're not doing anything. None of these things, none of these things work in any way at all. They have no, they have no bearing on what becomes of it. If it seems like you do something to prevent some germs from getting there, 
still whatever you need, whatever you, whatever experience you need energetically is going to arise in some kind of form. It's the same kind of thing with getting insurance. You know, you get this sense that you're project, you're protected with that. And again, there's not a problem with getting insurance, but you get a sense that you're, you're protected by that. It's kind of like making this insurance policy into your saving grace. But it won't do anything because whatever kind of whatever kind of of emotional baggage you could say and these is being projected, it's coming back. It's always coming back. And making the illusion true, making the illusion true is what gives people this sense of anxiety. Because it doesn't matter how good it seems, there's always that looming, it's all gonna go away. You know, you're going to (laughs) die. Oh, isn't life so great? Yes, but this is not life. What we have a perception of right here, this is not life. It's just, it's appearing as if it is life. But it's kind of like half death because it's a belief in separation that makes it look like this is something. You know, And, and you know, we set up the ego to help us with that. We set it up to help us with that. It keeps us on track as, as in holding up this illusion as if it's real. That's what it's for. And the ego has no reality whatsoever. It arises in a dream. It arises in a dream to serve our purpose. When we decided we were separate, and we decided we separated ourselves from reality, the ego says... It's okay. And as soon as that happens, worry. The real key word here is worry. Yeah. After that, I'm worrying all the time. Yes. A sense of concern. Yeah. Yeah, any sense of concern. So the ego said, don't be concerned, I got this. (laughs) (laughs) I will keep you you worried. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry about it. I'm going to bring up worry in all yeah. these different ways. You don't have to even think about it. I'm here. Yes. Keep on, keep on trying to escape it. Keep on trying to find these different ways to escape it. <laughs> so it's like we chose, we erected the ego and chose the ego as our guide through this. So for the most part, for the most part there's almost all ego guidance for people. You know, what I see is it looks like some people only live off ego guidance the whole lifetime. And I'm sure all of us have, have seen that uh, throughout the development of this mindscape. You know, it is, it's a mindscape. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all mind playing out. And it seems like, it makes it seem like there's something that we have to do and there's something that we did do. Even, oh, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I went and got that antibiotic, <laughs> for instance. Yeah. But then you didn't. And the more you, the more you look, the more you are aware of those thoughts that say, I did something or I should do something or if I would have done it differently, then it would have turned out this way. The more you're just aware of those kinds of things, the less you're even motivated to speak them. 
But it's not any problem whenever you do speak them because it's to make you aware of it. It's always to make you aware of that. Can't get it wrong. <laughs> and, and the other thing is nothing happened before. So, so if it seems like you got something wrong, if it seems like you did it wrong or something was amiss, that's also the ego. That's also the ego. And I, and I like to refer to it as the ego instead of my ego or his ego, or her ego, or your ego, because it's not like it's it's not like there's a personal ego. No one no one has an ego. No one has one. But we've subscribed to ego guidance. We said yes. We want it. We want this guidance because this is how we keep this thing going. This is how we keep this image real. One friend was telling me, I keep on asking for another interpretation. I keep asking for another interpretation. But my ego says this. And then my ego says this. And, you know, there's the thought right there. There's a the thought right there. My ego says, is there asking for a new interpretation on that? What the ego seems to be saying because the ego doesn't say anything without our authority. <laughs> it's saying everything that we ask the ego to say so that we can keep this because we thought we wanted to keep this. And a lot of people still think they want to keep this. A majority of people still think they do want to keep this. And here's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't make it so that this, you, know, you feel all depressed that you don't want to keep this. It's like, yay, I don't want to keep this. That way I could extend love, which is all creation is. It's just extending love to myself. Coming in the form of other people a lot. All the other people are like messengers. Can you extend love now even though you see this? Look, look how sick I am. Look at how sick I am. And it's like, okay, I see you. You don't have to try to convince someone that they're not sick. That's not the same as extending love. But you know, you know that you're perceiving them as a sick person is yours. That perception is a perception that denies reality or thinking that they need something. So when they say, oh, I'm sick, you ask them to say that to you. Yes. You gave them the script. Yes, that's right. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you for telling me that. It's like asking me for help, but it's from my own mind asking for help. It's like asking. It's like, am I... Am I sick? No, you're not. Every <laughs> dream of sickness. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you're having a dream of sickness with this person. And you can help the healing. You can help, help the healing even from their point of view. They're not really sick, but they're having a per- perception 
From their perspective, they're sick. That's their truth, <laughs> which is meaningless. <laughs> no need to argue with their truth. See? But it's a matter of, in your own mind, acknowledging that there is no sickness. I made this up. Then you take responsibility for your perception, for the misperception that you're having. So you're asking for a reinterpretation for yourself. And over and over again, you're teaching your own mind that there is no sickness. There is no such thing as sickness. Sickness is a commitment. You got to work hard to keep that thing going. <laughs> There's like any kind of lack. It's a huge commitment. Anytime where something seems too much or not enough, a person seems too, I don't know, that's too much energy. It's too much anger. You're asking for too much. You know, you're not, I don't know. Punctual enough. <laughs> Just watch. Because we're making it all into a story for a dream. But all the story is for is for healing. You can use every single story for healing. So the germ, has to, the germ doesn't have to be given any kind of credence. If you get the perception of something that needs to be cleaned, great. There's a need. There's a perceived need. You're cleaning it and you're going, isn't this funny? This is hilarious. It's not going to make you stop. It's not going to make you stop cleaning it. It's not going to make you stop cleaning it. It's not going to make you keep cleaning it. It's not going to make you anything. The, the whole, everything, everything on the surface is, it, it's, it's like the mind's always trying to make sense of it, but there's no sense to be made of it. It's complete chaos. It doesn't mean anything. It's only coming up so that we can see through it. It's only coming up so that we can see the mistaken belief that's projecting these things. And that's all we need. They say, they say all you need is love. That's love. Like, I know I'm making this up. And people ask me, you know, I keep on going, I know. I know I'm making this up, but it's so painful. It's not painful. It doesn't have the power to be that. What's that? You make it up that it's painful. That's it. That's it. There's making it up like that. And then there's believing it. This is, so, this is so painful. And then there's believing in that there is actually pain. That's so sad. That's so sad that she left him like that. For instance. All the things are coming together perfectly. They're all coming together perfectly but not like the ego would have you think. They're not coming together so that you can make sense of this. They're not coming together so that you can seem to get what you want in this. That's not leading toward anything you really want. 
touch with is uh, the victim consciousness. So if there's something out there that can hurt me, then that's victim consciousness. So am I going to give my power to a disease? Am I going to give my power to the government, to 5G, to chemtrails, to all these external things, uh, you know, uh, staph infections that can harm me? So anything now that I think can harm me, I realize it's just victim consciousness. And it, and it can even come from inside me. I can say, oh, I'm a victim of... Uh, unhealed trauma and abuse from my childhood or my uh, birth trauma or whatever in my subconscious mind, I'm, I'm a victim of something in there. So, so uh, you know, it's like uh, I have God-given dominion over uh, life. I have love uh, that is the only reality. And uh, anything that can be threatening or hostile, nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists. So then uh, that means that uh, anything out there that can harm me is uh, me giving my consent to harm me. I have the, the power. But then they say, trust in the Lord, but tie up your camel. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so it's like if I get a cut, if I get a cut, I have had staph infections. I'd rather clean the cut and uh, take care of it now. Otherwise, in the past, because of our tropical uh, moist climate, that then that it's easy for something like that to develop a staph infection, and then it's very difficult and painful to get rid of. So. You know, you're just kind of a little... Um, uh, you're not thinking those kinds of thoughts. And when, those, when those kinds of thoughts arise, like about the staph infection and stuff like that, you're just not thinking. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's, like a, it's like a reverberation from that original thought of separation. It's an extrapolation on that. It's fear. Yeah, you're just, you're not even, that, that's the thing, like when... When a, when a thought arises like that, that's where it just really needs to be. Is this, is this really true? Because what if someone is not aware of what a staph infection even is? They probably so won't they're get not one. Gonna, <laughs> right? They're not going to go into the fear of developing it. It's like, oh, it's a scratch or whatever. Yeah, they, well, well and, it, and, the, and the thing is, illusions don't, work quite like that either because it's not necessarily that thing itself but the belief in separation and it could come up in all different ways so it could be a total unknown hey i didn't even believe in that thing and it still occurred to me you know i didn't even know what a staph infection was i never heard of one say there's a baby i don't know what a staph infection is you know but still, it's that thought of separation that's manifesting illusions of separation. So when the illusion presents itself to us, and you look at the kinds of thoughts that are coming about it, one of those ones is like explaining it. Well, I've seen many times, based on the past, that I've had this and this and this, and you should really take care of a staph infection. Fine, you're not thinking those things either. And when you find yourself cleaning or, or adding a medication to it or anything like that, nothing's happening still. Nothing, that's a thing. That, that's where it gets tricky for people. 
Because it's like you, you're trying to make the manifestation show a certain way, and the manifestation is made to deny who you are in the first place. It's, all, it's already made up to deny who you are. When you start to look at these thoughts and go, hey, is that really true? That because we live in this moist environment, I mean, is that the price you got to pay for living in paradise? Is that there's staph infections and stuff like that? You know? <laughs> yeah. I throw out a lot of clothes. <laughs> you know, it's it's like it, you you start to take everything as if it's an illusion because it is, and just in allowing it to play out, in allowing your own your your own expression to play out, the expression that you're perceiving to just play out, and checking it from the mental level. That's the thing, is from the mental level. So all those thoughts, they don't mean anything. They just don't mean anything. You can try to tell someone, you know, I've had people tell me. In fact, when I first moved here, it was the funniest thing. You guys know that kind of pokey grass that, like, stays open, and then you touch it, and it closes, and it gets a little, like, little needly thing. Yeah. So, so when, when we first moved here, someone came over to our house for something. I don't remember what, but she goes, oh, my God. You guys, you're just getting here. You see this pokey grass? There was pokey grass on our lawn. Do you see this pokey grass? If you don't do something about it, and, you know, she gave us this whole thing of what to do about, about it, it's going to take over all your grass. You're never going to be able to walk barefoot. And I was just kind of like, hmm, no. I asked my husband, what do you think about that? He's like, that can't be right. Uh You know, he's like, I'm just going to start gardening. I'm just going to be nurturing everything. And it just so happened, there's no, in our lawn, there was no pokey grass. It turned out to be none. But, but, you know, everyone has a different kind of perspective. perspective. You know, if there's this hardwired belief, you're going to have to. This is the price you have to pay. You're going to have to pull all these up and then do all this kind of protective stuff. Then that is, you know, you could say that's their truth. So that's like living that out. And it's like no matter how many times I see something in the illusion that looks like it's true... I'm ready to deny truth to it. It doesn't matter how many times I've seen. You know, it's like, it, it, it's like that's, that's it. Are you, re- are you willing to deny truth to that? Or do you want to keep your interpretation of it? Oh, I know where this goes. I know this isn't going to work out. It's like going back to, I don't know. I don't know because it's all chaos and nothing's happening here. That's what it really comes down to. That nothing is happening here. And there is no ego. There's a dream of an ego. This is the ego. You could say this is an ego dream. 
We made it up and we're and you know the mind is so powerful that an ego and an ego's world could be made up and made to seem like it's really real and that there's something we have to do about it. Maybe get other people on board to agree with us. Start a movement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need you to know that you're not doing it in the sustainable way, for instance. <laughs> if everyone can just stop driving SUVs... Like you do. That's why I got Bob said yeah like yeah it doesn't matter if you tie your camel to the post or whatever because the camel's not real mm. right just you know it doesn't matter what you do as long as you see that it, it's not real that's it but that doesn't matter yeah and it's not like don't tie up your camel either exactly. there's just no camel that's the thing yeah <laughs> whether you find yourself it's the equivalent of like locking your car in these days whether you find yourself locking your car or not for me, every time I get out of the car, it occurs to me whether or not I'm locking it. You know, sometimes I find myself locking it. Sometimes I don't find myself locking it. Just watch it. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It just occurs to me. Yeah, both of those things. <laughs> just watch the mind and what it's deciding. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Zen story about you know all these bad things happen and then. The monk says, is that so? Like the horse runs away, isn't that bad? And then the horse comes back with a whole herd of wild horses, you know, that they, now they have a whole, you know, a whole herd the horse ran away. So what looks bad one day might turn out to be good the next day. And the story continues. That's right. They yeah, have to feed the horses now. Yeah. Horse and food yeah, coming to feed all these the horses. <laughs> well, the, the version I heard was that then the, the farmer's son, the next day, is, is riding one of the wild horses to break them in and, and falls off and breaks his leg, right? And then the neighbor, the neighbor says, oh, what's bad fortune? And whether it's, is that so? Or, you know, who's to say what is good or bad, right? But then the next day, the warlord comes by looking for new recruits for the war effort and passes by the son because he just broke his leg. <laughs> and the neighbor says, what good fortune? And the yeah. farmer says, who's to say what is good or bad? Or that's that's it. It. <laughs> I like that story. Yeah, we just don't know. Is, it, is that good or that there's bad? There's no end, you know. Yeah. There's no final decision uh-huh. on whether it is good or well, bad. Well, we do know. We're, we're going for the, it's all good. <laughs> because of where it's, it's going, yeah. Because of, because of what it's showing. Because of the opportunity that it's bringing. Well, I was really laughing yesterday when you told me, I was saying like, well, I don't know if it's going to work out or not in the illusion. And you said, it'll all work out. And then I perked up. I was like, what? You think so? You think it's going to work out? And then you're like, 
Well, actually, the way you're asking right now is the ego, so that's that's not going to work. Out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I know, I know. It's, it's all for our benefit, so it all works out. But for the ego, for what I want it to work out as, none of that ever works out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's really cool. My son was my son was telling me about how he's. Um, He'd like to have a girlfriend, but it doesn't seem to be working out. And I go, man, you know, <laughs> that's uh, that's great. <laughs> Probably if it did work out, then there's something else, you know. You never know. Oh, shit, she's pregnant, you know. <laughs> now her dad wants to beat my ass. <laughs> that's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it supposedly keeps turning, but not for flat earthers. <laughs> it doesn't even supposedly keep turning for them. <laughs> no, it doesn't turn for flat earthers. Stars overhead, the lights overhead that keep turning. Yes. And then really nothing is going on. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing here. There's. It's just like it's just like when you when you have a dream, you know, and you have a dream at night. That's a good symbolism. It's like where did it all go when you woke up? And then when you go for a dream at night, where did it all go? Without you observing it. And then everyone's having a unique perspective in their dream. And it's a really intricate dream. We meet ourselves in the dream, and it looks like it's other people. It seems to be other people. Just like here. Yes. <laughs> yes. But you start to see more and more that it's only you. So it's okay Whatever they seem to be asking, they're asking you to do something, whether you say yes or no, it's also okay, you know. And so so the the way the ego guides is always toward that worry, okay? There's not really guidance on what you should do as far as what you should say, how you should be, whether you should get some something, whether you should talk to anyone. It's not like that. There's not really guidance in the world because it's chaos. There's nothing. The ego guidance is always toward worry. It's toward <coughs> fear thought. It's toward guilt. It's in that direction. That's why if you pay attention to your feeling, you can see really easily the difference, the distinction, the contrast between real guidance, and remember the guidance is always in thought. It's not for what you should do. Like I talked to my guides and they told me that I should come over here and do this. That's meaningless stuff. That's really meaningless stuff. So what's an example of guidance, real guidance? It's in it. It's in thought. So it's toward. It's it's either toward worry, fear, grief, all that stuff, or it's going away from that. 
It's like, it's, it's like there's one direction or another. It's toward it or it's away from it. So you could say that, you know, for people just starting out, I notice that they go for the positive. Okay, I'm going to go for a more positive thought, okay? And that's part of it too. That's part of it too. But it gets to you don't need the world in any way. You don't, because even the positive thoughts, they'll just, learn, they'll just go right back. They'll just go right back to the negative thoughts. See, here's a, here's a good example. I'm concerned about that person using drugs and harming themselves. Okay? So that's, in, that's, that's ego guidance. I'm concerned about that. This is a cause for concern. Okay? And then a, an example of a positive ego thought. Okay? Is okay, they're going to come out of it, they're going to be okay, everything's going to be okay. And then, the, and then the, the, the thought that neutralizes everything is more like there is no person like that. I'm making this up. I'm making them into something like this so that I could feel separate right now. And then that gives you a sense of relaxation because the world isn't real. Now, for people, that could be really irritating to them, though. That thought that the world isn't real. That I am making this up. I'm projecting this person to have this kind of a problem so that I can feel myself in separation. See? I can get the sense that I'm in separation. So, a lot of people are reluctant about that. And that's why there's all kinds of spiritual teacher, teachers and teachings. And it's perfect that they focus on a positive thought. It's still about the world. Focus on a positive thought. Because that gives a little bit of relaxation. Every little bit of relaxation can be encouraged. Because every little bit of relaxation is leading toward even more. So at some point you just grow out of that. You grow out of the positive worldly thought. And you go, wait a minute, this just leads back to more of the same. I deserve even more relaxation from that than that. So what, what, people, what people take is that they don't deserve that kind of relaxation. They don't deserve it. They have to work. They have to worry. Worry is work. Or get another thought that can counteract the worry. But the way to see through all of the worry is to open up to a completely different, it's got to be completely different thought than the thought system that we've been conditioned to believe. And, you know, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of variables that are going to be thrown out there, and it's all the same. Well, what if they're being abused, for instance? He goes, what if, do you have that same advice for someone who's being abused? And I'm like, I don't know. The person being abused would need to ask me and then I'd see what comes out. That's how that is. And I'll see what the, I'll see what the advice is. What the guidance is. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it, it's all based on, it's all based on what the person needs to hear anyways. You know, it's not up to me to determine at any time what they do need to hear. 
but they're going to hear exactly what they need to hear no matter what. No matter what you say. No matter what I say. Yeah, so it always goes back to healing your own mind. And that's what it's for. It's for healing your own mind. There's only one of us. So it comes back to, I don't know what anyone needs when they ask me a question. I don't know if, it, if, it, if, someone's, if someone needs me to tell them that, hey, the world isn't real. Or maybe they just need a hug. Or maybe they just need a smile. Or maybe they just need thank you. Who knows? I find out. I find out at the same time they do, based on whatever seems to be coming out of my mouth. But the guidance is solely in the mind, as in who do you take yourself to be? It's all an identity thing. Like, who do, you t- who do you take yourself to be? You perceive this, and it's going, oh, this is really bad. Oh, no, this is really bad. But, you know, really, no one can be abused. There's, no one is capable of being abused. That doesn't mean that having the perception of, say, a child being abused or something like that, you're not going to also find yourself stepping in on that. There's no right or wrong to it. You're just watching the play. Or if, you, or if you get the perception that someone is abusing you, is, there's gonna, is there going to be walking away? Is there going to be calling the cops? It doesn't matter. It's just in recognizing in the mind, I made this up, whether you're perceiving it for someone else or you're perceiving it as for yourself. As if you're the one being abused. But when you see that no one can abuse another person, it makes all of these kinds of playing out, all of the expressions, to just come naturally. Oh, that's not possible. It looks like that, but that's not possible. We're all innocent here. And all of the expressions just show themselves when they do. And you don't, you know, in the moment, make abuse real. You don't have to make abuse real. That's how you abuse yourself, you could say. Because then it's like, ah, oh, pain. And then it keeps it manifesting over and over again. It's like, oh, not this again. Why are there such bad people in the world? Why can't we all just get along? <laughs> well, maybe another aspect other than just victim is this idea of temptation. So it's like there's always a temptation. Something's tempting us to believe in something bad. Tempting us to, everything in the world is tempting us to believe in the world. You know, it's like that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Tempted to eat of the fruit, and then that's what threw them out. And you know, Jesus, he became the Christ. You know, they said, well, it was the baptism that did it, but what happened after the baptism was the three temptations in the wilderness, the devil trying to tempt them into all these things that weren't real. So the temptation is always a deception, a lie that's trying to push itself off to be true or real. And so you get tempted into believing into these things. It's like advertisement. Every advertisement is a temptation 
to get you to buy it, to say you, you lack this product and you need it for your ego, for your vanity or whatever. So it's like there's just a, a, a temptation all the time to believe in these things and give power to them. It's a constant temptation and it's ongoing. And we make that temptation. So it's not like something outside of us tempts us. We make that temptation. Because remember, there's an underlying drive to keep this world. Because there's fear of death if this world disappears. So, so th- through that underlying drive, it seems like something outside of us. Like there's an ego outside of us tempting us. There's an ego that keeps on having all these thoughts. And, it's, and, and they're so painful. But it's like we put the ego there. We, threw it, we put the ego in that position. And keep the ego in that position. Ongoing. They're like, yes, you're my new guide. I, thank you. I don't, want, I, I, don't, I don't want God as a guide anymore. I want you. <laughs> now, this doesn't mean, you know, when I'm saying that there's no ego, that you're not watching the effects of believing that there's an ego. Because what we're watching in this show is the effects of believing that there is an ego. And so if, if we're not alert to what the ego guidance is, as in worry, concern, fear, then it's just taken as if they're true. And, you know, ego becomes the guide. Ego takes the name of spirit. <laughs> ego then takes the name of spirit. And then it's like, well, I heard my guidance loud and clear, and it told me that I should be saying that thing. And then it was... Blew up like that. <laughs> How was that again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so before it was called ego, it was probably called the devil, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, same thing. Ooh, I want to comment on that. Mm-hmm. This word ego, like, my understanding, what I've heard about this is that, like, we think it comes back to Freud. Sigmund Freud talking about ego and id. But um, that was just the translator, the English translator. In German, Freud didn't ever say ego. He just said das ich, which is the I in German. I don't speak German, but that's my understanding. He, that, this, this English translator added on this word ego from Latin because he wanted to make it sound more like scientific or whatever, what Freud was saying. And now we have this idea of ego. If we just said the I all the time instead of the ego, I think it would like, be a less, less of a big deal to us that we think it's this thing, that this real thing, you know? Yeah. But it's just our sense of I, which we can realize is an illusion too, but I think it's easier to realize it's an illusion when we just say, oh, the I. Instead okay. This thing, like this ego, like, it's just a made up word. Yeah. Yeah. I see, I see that too. Um, the eye, you know, I've definitely seen it referred to as the eye and it seems to do the same kind of thing. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> like, the <laughs> devil is this, it's a say, it, it seems to be the devil made me do it. You know, it seems to be the same kind of thing. Well, the devil's an illusion too, right? Well, it's all the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the same thing. You could say biblically it's called the devil. That's all. It's been, it's been called all different kinds of mm-hmm. things. The little eye, 
Mm. You know, it's been written with an I, with a dot on top Mm. like that. The small case self. (laughs) Yeah, because the uppercase self is your true self. The I am self is the self of God and the self of every... There's all kinds of different symbols you can use. But, you know, all of of the pointings are, are meant to show you beyond the symbols. That's why all of the teachings are true. All of the, all of the teachings have truth to them, and then all of the teachings are also false. You know, because it's, it's up to you to get the experience with your inner guide. It's not up, for, up to someone else to tell you. That's why a lot of the times, you know, I haven't said in a little bit, but nothing I say is true. Nothing. It, it's, up to, it's up to you asking your inner guide to show you so that you know what it is. It's beyond the words. There's all kinds of different words we could use to describe, but it's beyond the words. And, you know, there seems to be this, this sense like, okay, so there's no ego, so then anything that I do or I find myself doing or anyone else does or anything like that, I'm just going to let it be like that. And people find themselves in all kinds of conflict. That's what I see. Even real prominent spiritual <laughs> teachers too. You know, I'll hear a comment like, uh, uh, like, why is that person having a problem with you? Oh, because they're projecting. <laughs> they're over there projecting. <laughs> like that. They're just over, that's, that's them. That's them. You know. It's like it, it's like it's, okay, okay. They they have a they have a projection over there. So you know I don't know I don't know how that fits in. It doesn't make any sense. There's no ego, but then they're over there projecting. You know, or you know, there's it, like a, a making guilty, making someone guilty, and then you go, oh yeah, I love that. I love that. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're not feeling. You're not feeling what, that, what that's like. It's meant to be not liked. It's meant to be a contrasting feeling. It's meant to be when someone reacts to you that there's a contrast there. It's not to be, it, it, it's not, it's not to be making them separate like they're over there, just doing that without you. It's meant to be contrasting. So you can see. That's what it's for. More compassion for yourself, and then that's how the love gets extended. It's allowing more compassion for yourself. And that's how, that's how more compassion is allowed when you can see when you're conflicted. Paying attention to your feelings will allow you to see when you're conflicted. It allows you to, to see when you're following the guidance of the ego. You can't know it mentally without getting the feeling effect. Maybe it's all about watching when I'm worrying. Yeah. I mean, that's a giveaway, right? It's, it's, it's a giveaway. Basically, if you're worrying, you're wrong. <laughs> so anytime yeah. worry comes up. Yeah. Oh, isn't that? I'm wrong. I'm I'm wrong right now. 
If I'm worried or concerned or in any way, that's how it's practiced. Because there's always going to be things shown to you in the perception. It's going to be like, are you worried now? Well, the Course has a, a, a... It says you send out the hounds of fear and guilt, and they come back with exactly what they're sent for. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. And dropping their, it's very descriptive, it's a beautiful little, but of course you can send out the hounds of love and peace. Yeah, which, which occurs, which occurs when you just see that you made that worry. You made that worry. The worry was there first before you saw the manifestation. The worry was there first before you saw the cut and thought of of germs. The worry was already there. It's like it looks like it's coming after the fact, but it's not. The, what you perceive on the surface, a cut, say, that's an effect of worry. It's like a special effect, like a show. <laughs> and it's taken to be the other way around, like I have this cut, therefore worry is justified. And the thing is, worry is never justified because the cut doesn't mean anything to you. Your whole body doesn't really mean anything to you. You only want it for one reason. To wake up. To wake up. <laughs> That's what it's for. So it's just like, it seems, it, it seems like, like stress and pressure. That's what I get from people. It seems like stress and pressure because it's like, oh my goodness, I have to be so vigilant. This is, how am I going to do this? And all you're, vigilant, all you're vigilant for is the truth, which allows you more and more relaxation, though. It's not being vigilant against the ego. It's not like you're in a battle with the ego. That, that would be making it real. It seems like the vigilance is about watching the mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not what we do. We do... Watching everything watching else. Watching the mind, I don't know. It seems to take vigilance. Yeah. It's just in watching the mind. That's all. So it's not like a fight. But the so thing it's is... peaceful while I watch the mind. Yeah. It's like... It's, it's real... Yeah. You don't have to... You don't have to try... Don't get into that trying mode where you feel mm-hmm. like you just did a really good expression of it right now. You're like... Yeah. You can kind of feel that within your mind. Yeah, you can kind of feel that that yeah. that that face is a good yeah, is a good indication. Am I yeah. doing it right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so and, and so you watch that, whatever it is. You watch that and it's like, "Ah. Oh. Well, let yourself get more peace. Let yourself get more relaxation. Definitely gentleness with yourself. Whatever you seem to be going through, whatever you seem to be battling with. This offers some gentleness right there. See, so you get that you get that sense of relaxation over and over again. It's peace and relaxation within whatever it is, and it'll come up to test you. Can you have peace and relaxation within this? And I'm saying yes, you can. You can have. It. I've been testing it out for years. I test it out with I test it out with things that look like they're really scary, you know. I test it out with oh man, maybe my son just like just busted his head so bad that he's like brain damaged or dead right now, you know. I've tested it out with that kind of like a heavy perception like that, 
And it's like, if you're willing to receive the peace, you can. And then you can be with people because you're not in a fear zone. Oh no, don't die on me. Don't die on me. It's more like, if death seems to occur in this illusory world, it's for healing. It's okay. It's okay with me. And it gets shown to you that it's okay when you can take that. You can take that on. No, it doesn't make you try killing people. It's the opposite of that. It's the opposite of that. You mean it's okay that I just go jump off the cliff? <laughs> what are you saying? Supposedly. That's exactly right. <laughs> I have discussions with people about this stuff and and one person in particular multiple times he's I'm just like it's so liberating the world isn't real and he's just like oh yeah well how about if I come over with this machete you know is that going to be real and I'm just like go ahead you know and he never does I may find myself grabbing it out of your hand before you can chop my leg off. Really. Yeah. But, hey, who knows? Yeah. But, it, but <laughs> it's it like, it welcome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's just a hypothetical fantasy. That's not real. It's true. It's true. It, you can't make it real by trumping up a big, scary fantasy, though. Yeah. 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 But then, see, people get angry about it. Some people do because they want to respect the earth and respect our bodies, they say, right? It's like, that's not respectful to say that it's not real. But I'm curious to talk about this because, with you because I think it actually frees us to be more, like, more loving, more respectful. Ah. If we have no fear of anything that could ever happen, then we're, we're powerful enough to do whatever is necessary. Well, it's fear that's bringing illusions of disrespect in the first place. Hmm. There's nothing there to respect. Yes, they There's would just be very nothing angry there. That, I know. <laughs> I know. That's why I don't go around saying that to everyone. <laughs> oh, <maybe I> <laughs> no, you'll see. You'll you know you know you'll just see from repetition because there was a time when I would and mm-hmm. man, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like over there. I'm like over there. Like. All happy. Oh, I'm so glad I know about this stuff. Yeah, I want to share the good news. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I want to share the good news so everyone can experience this sense of peace. Yeah, the sense of peace. So I'm over there, you know, my neighbor's talking about something. I, I don't know what it was, but my neighbor was talking about something. And I was like, oh, but you know what? It's and then she, her face was just like... <laughs> <laughs> And she goes, you think you're telling me something? You know, something like that. And I was like, oh, 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 I didn't mean it. I just was like so happy to share about that thing. She's like, okay, well, all right, I got it. Thank you. (laughs) Don't say anything anymore. (laughs) It's obvious. (laughs) I see what's going on here. 
<laughs> Not everyone wants to know that. Uh, for some reason, for for some reason, for myself, as soon as I first heard it, I was like, "Awesome, yeah, awesome." But then I did, I did have some, I did have some re- resistance with um, with some of the teachings too in the beginning. Um, when they're coming specifically from Maharaj Nisargadatta, is that how you say his name? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I was, I was like, I just have to put this down, you know. Because he's saying that none of this stuff, none of this stuff matters. It doesn't matter to me. None of this stuff matters. Like, okay, I just have to put this stuff down. And then going through, like, different, looking at different teachings and opening up more. You know, there's different ones, and it, and if you're open to it, they just come to you. They just show up. There's been all these different ones that are basically saying the same exact thing to me in different ways. So as it said in different ways, and and get to grok it more and more, you know, and and then through the experience too, through the experience, you get get to kind of sense the energy. You get to sense the energy. So it's like, you know that what you perceive of them in worry or suffering or anything like that, you get to learn that it's actually projected from you. So you don't have to say anything to them. There's nothing that needs to be said. There's nothing that needs to be taught. Sometimes I'll find myself maybe saying a few words and I'll sense an energy and go, oh, never mind. Never mind. You know, it's just like, as far as it needs to go, that's fine. I don't have to get into anything where it seems like ego wrestling. <laughs> like, uh, it just becomes unappealing to you after a while. There's no need for that. Since all the healing is within your own mind anyways, there's no need to tell it to anyone. You demonstrate it. You demonstrate it by not needing to engage in conflict. That's really big. That's a, that's a, that's a big lesson that people see that. Oh, they don't need to engage in any conflict. They don't need to make that thing into something. That's what, it, that's what really the relaxation is. It's like, oh, I don't need to make anything of this. Every spiritual concept is like that. Every, sp- every spiritual concept is going to be subject to the devil. <laughs> well, you know this and they don't. So, you know, you got to make sure that they learn that from you. So you mean it could be used by the ego? Oh, yeah. 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 And, and, and pretty much everything does get used in that way. Everything does get used in that way. So it comes to alertness. You know, this vigilance is alertness. It's not like vigilante type stuff where you slaying things <laughs> in a war or something. It's just, it's just an, an alertness. And you could see where the energy is going. You can see where the energy is going. If you keep going down that path, then it leads to conflict it's almost like you you start to see the future if i keep on doing this if i keep on believing like this this is where it's going to go and then naturally you're just stepping back you're 
taking more of a quiet you're you're taking more of a quiet kind of perspective you don't need to speak so much you just let let people come up with with any kind of delusional thing and just listen <laughs> it's better not, than that though enjoy yes mm-hmm. yes because it's yours you made it you made it and that feeling like you have to correct them that's the ego again coming in another way oh i have to correct you on that because you're right and they're wrong yes <laughs> When I don't have to correct a person, then I can just hear whatever it is that they are going through. And I could have the compassion come within myself. And that's how it gets extended. You can feel it. And, you know, if you find yourself in an argument, you could, this could be really fun. If you find yourself in some kind of thing, you know, this could be really fun for you. Oh, all that stuff I just said, that was actually about myself. <laughs> Sorry about that. Disregard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found myself bitching about a person one time to my husband. I was just like, you know, all that stuff I just said about her, that was about myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, okay, okay. <laughs> it was almost like I was ready to rail on her with you. <laughs> yeah, I was ready to rail on that person with you. Can't you just be honest and say how fucked up that person is? Like, I could be honest that I see them that way. But then I'm only seeing myself. I'm not seeing them as they are. But the funny thing is, whenever I see someone that way, I know I'm seeing myself. So it makes me be quiet about it. (laughs) I don't have to try to convince someone else. That they're like that. I don't have to try to convince them that they're the way I see them. That's my problem. I see them that way. That's just judging by appearances instead of judging righteous judgment. It's once again the temptation to look at the appearance of sin, disease, lack, limitation, and death and to buy into it. Yes. But the inner vision, you have to have the inner vision into yourself. Once again, going within, closing your eyes to that world and going within to find out who I am. And then you see that same identity in everyone and everything and that's the Christ identity. Yes, and I made them look like something other than Christ. For my own healing. See? And then and then there's the then there's the thought, well, how do I get them to look like Christ to be? 
How do I get them to look like that to me? It's like, no, you just take them however they are presented to you. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's not like you're trying to avoid. It's not like you're trying to avoid their anger or you have to do everything they tell you to do so they don't get angry with you. It's like, it's okay. If that needs to come up, I'll see that. I'm here to serve. That's a good one. I'm here to serve. And then everyone's like, serve me, you fucker. <laughs> You're not serving me right. Whether you say yes or no to something, that's not relevant. It doesn't mean you have to do everything everyone asks you to do all of the time. Ask for guidance on that. The guidance is always away from worry. Away from fear. And then it just develops naturally. Whether you say yes or no. It just develops right out of it. And it gives in, and it's always bringing more lessons. Until there's no more lessons to be had anymore. Until the mind's completely absolved of guilt. So what you're demonstrating to everyone is that there is no guilt. I like the way A Course in Miracles puts it. That, you know, God's son is innocent. That's it. That's all there is. Demonstrate that. You're also innocent in saying no when it's no. Or yes when it's yes. Or maybe. Or I don't know. Or making an agreement and then breaking the agreement. You're not obligated because you made an agreement to carry out an agreement. There was no pass. There's no agreement made. Illusions change. It's their nature. They change. Obligation is a separation kind of thought. Because you made an agreement does not make you obligated to carry through. It does not make you obligated to follow through because you didn't really make an agreement. You go back to love and it's extending love constantly. It doesn't really matter how it plays out on the surface. I know that's scary to people because it's like, I don't want to be around you people because you could just make an agreement and then not follow through on it. Breach of contract. That's immoral. It's, it's immoral. That's right. It's illegal. Yeah. Is it all? Against the law. Yeah. <laughs> bad karma. Bad karma. Yeah, that's it. You know what's bad karma? And it's believing that you had that obligation in the first place. Oh, no, I obligated myself. Did not obligate yourself. Stay open to spirit guidance all the time. It's a setup. Yeah, it's a total setup. I heard that today that I wasn't that I didn't follow through on my agreement and it was like, "Oh yeah. That's right. I didn't." <laughs> well, you're supposed to be guilty for that. Come on. 
at the time I made the agreement, it seemed like I was gonna, and then I yeah. forgot it was even there. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's like there's, no, there's nothing, there's nothing but the mind in this. There's nothing but the mind and an extending love. That is a setup. Let your agreements be loose. We'll see how it goes, though. <laughs> really. Maybe. We'll see how it goes. It seems like it. My husband said, are you nervous about marrying me 25 years ago? 20 years ago. We are together for five years first. Are you nervous about marrying me? I go, no, there's always divorce. <laughs> it's not like we're in some country where they chop up your head for that. <laughs> it's like you go over there and you take these vows that are saying, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you and all this different stuff. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I would not even be agreeing to this if there wasn't divorce. Right, right. Yeah, it's like, man, could you imagine how scared you would be to make agreement that they're completely set, set in stone? Oh my gosh, because, because of the circumstances, they're always changing. It's like, I agree to keep on listening for my spirit guidance in my mind, not telling me what I should do, but what I end up perceiving myself doing is not a choice I'm making. That is not a choice I'm making. I did not choose to not follow through on the agreement. They cannot make a choice like that. They did not choose to agree in the first place either. It's a setup. Like these energies just play out to make some kind of thing. Oh, is this a thing? Is this a thing for you? Oh, you didn't fall, fall through in your agreement. Oh, you're right, I didn't. I saw this, and then this, and then something else changed. And there was that. It's just like a, the, the, the story's just playing out like this, and no one's even doing it. No one's even making the agreement in the first place. And when someone's asking you to make an agreement and expecting you to follow through on an agreement too, that's, a, that's their setup. They're setting that up like that so they can have that learning. I was bottling essential oils with my husband yesterday. Well, we were making a custom blend for someone. And it's so funny because... He's on the left side of me, and he's handing me the stuff, and I'm using syringes, and I'm making, putting it in the bottle, and I'm right-handed, so everything's going over here. He's like, can you put the stuff over here when you're done with it, so that I can get it easier, and I'm not having to reach across you? I'm like, sure. Next bottle comes, I do the same exact thing again. Put it on my <laughs> side. And he keeps on reminding me, there's like 20 oils in this thing, so it happens like 20 times. <laughs> A couple times I remember to put it over that way. <laughs> you said you were going to, he didn't say this to me, but I'm making it up. 
You said you were going to put it over there. <laughs> yes, I did. Say that. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't seem to be happening that way. Though. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, I'm not getting, I, I don't, I, I'm not getting like uh, rebellious or anything like that. It's just funny. It's like, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, yeah, it's a great idea. And then the next bottle comes and I'm like measuring it, looking at where it's smelling the blend together. And then totally just like, okay, it's over here. Ah! <laughs> but it's just also playful when you don't mind. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. Oh, yeah, I did break that agreement. Thank you for your patience with me. Appreciate you. <laughs> I'm going to have to break that agreement. What? How could you say that? You're going to get sued for breach of contract now. Okay. They're going to take you to court and get a judgment against you. Yes, that could happen. <laughs> I've seen it happen before. I used to be an enforcement of judgment specialist. Where <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't pay their judgments, I would be the one instructing the sheriff to take it out of their bank account. <laughs> Garnishments, yes. <laughs> I'd even go to the judge and say, hey, I have a judgment against this person. I'd take the judgments on, to my, on for myself. I was not an attorney, so I'd just have them assigned to me. I, my judgment now. I have a judgment against this person, and this is in California. And in California, it doesn't matter if the spouse had anything to do with it. The fact that they're married now gives me the right to garnish the spouse's wages. Judge is like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I laid it all out for you there, Judge. It's all in there. It's because it's a community judge is like, property state? Is oh, yeah, well, there's one part of it. Oh, okay. Well, that, that doesn't seem right at all. And I go, well, it's there. It's there. He's like, I'm going to take that under submission. I was like, okay. <laughs> he comes back and he's like, you're right. <laughs> go ahead. You can have his, you can have his money now. <laughs> <laughs> See what you get for marrying that bitch? He wanted that piece of paper. That's how it goes. But yeah, the legal system is totally set up like this. It's totally, and, and, so the, and so that makes it even more like, okay, if you don't follow through with your agreement, then you're supposed to pay. You're supposed to pay some dues. And you know, if you associate with a person, if you marry a person who has debt, then you're responsible for that too. Good thing it's all meaningless. <laughs> I garnish his wages, but you know, there aren't any wages really. I, you know, there's nothing like that. Oh, yeah, we were having that conversation yeah. on Wisdom Dialogues online, too. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's synonymous for that. It's synonymous for that. I, I see people, even on Facebook, Woohoo! I almost paid my credit card off. It's like, does it matter? <laughs> really? I feel less guilty now. 
that my credit cards paid off. <laughs> I have a friend. She's like, uh, I can't believe this credit card debt, you know. I don't know how I'm going to pay this $3,000 or something like that. Get my phone out. Go to my app. I'm like, look at that one. It's like 100000 Are you serious? <laughs> and I'm laughing. <laughs> Get some more of that. <laughs> hey, hey, they keep on letting me run it up. This is awesome. <laughs> I feel like I'm a government myself. <laughs> Then they got that bankruptcy thing, and it's just a big old game. <laughs> I wouldn't have signed up for that credit card if I didn't know there was bankruptcy. <laughs> right, <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. If you're in one of those ones where they're gonna, what was it before, debtor's prison? Yeah. Yeah. You go, you go to prison for that, and then your whole family has to pay for it and stuff like that. <laughs> How dare you be in debt? How dare you be debting? It's a guilty thing. It's a 12-step program. Is it? Debtors Anonymous. Oh, no way. That is so fun. Just like alcoholics or anything like that. And it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. It's all to make guilty. It was amazing how I saw the man run away when... um, he came up, we're smoking, we're smoking at Disneyland, spliffs. And, <laughs> and he came up and he had a cigarette. He didn't realize we had spliffs because you can't tell. And then anyways, people in the mainland couldn't, they couldn't believe it. That's why. <laughs> so, <laughs> over there with a spliff at Disneyland. <laughs> Guy comes up and he talks about all of us being addicts or something like that. I go, addicts? There's no addicts. You know, that's just made up to make people feel guilty. The guy ran away. He actually ran away. I was like, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, it was, a real, it was like a big blow to the ego. Like, I don't even want to be around that. You can't tell me that. I'm an AA. I'm doing this addiction, so I don't have to do this addiction. <laughs> this is a better one. It doesn't make me beat myself or something. Well, it's funny because I've said my only addiction is shame, shame and guilt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can say you can say that that's the one that's the one addiction. It's in the mind. It's in the mind. That's all. Not in the body addiction. Yeah. The manifestations that you perceive on the surface are to try to cover that up. That you're really you're really going for these addictive kind of thoughts. One of my friends who, who smoked spliffs, you know, she's been beating herself up for some years about it. Like, when am I going to stop smoking spliffs? Well, she loves smoking spliffs. You know, she enjoys it. And then she's like, but when am I going to stop? You know, I, now I'm starting to see wrinkles and I'm in my 30s. And, you know, that kind of story like that. And when am I just going to stop doing this, this terrible habit? And then she just told me the other day, she said, you know what? I just realized that it's all sacred. Mm. It's just, it's sacred. Whatever it is, it's sacred. Mm. 
Even the smoking spliffs. It's not a problem. You know, it doesn't matter what it is that you perceive yourself to seem to be doing. It's that thought that tells you that you have a choice in it that's giving you the opportunity. It's that one that's saying, you have a choice in this. You don't. Because nothing's happening, because it's a dream. Whether or not you're um, working out, that's another one. I used to have that one where I'd look at other people and go, gosh, they don't even work out. Look at their bodies. All freaking fat, and then look, now they're eating a big burrito. (laughs) How can they... How can they? And it's like, oh, they're doing it just for me so that I could be guilting myself. That's how I would would make myself to work out. I would use a bunch of shame. Mm. Otherwise, you could look like them. Mm. (laughs) You too. (laughs) Enjoying the burrito. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Instead of feeling guilty about the burrito, yeah. Or, or you know, the, the other one is you're, you're working out and you're like, oh, this is good for me. I love that. I keep an eye on that whenever I'm having yoga or a walk or anything that seems like working out. That thought that this is good for me. It, it extrapolates itself to I need to be doing this every day to I'm, I've got to get more. I got to get more into this. I have to be more on the ball. It's just all ego. The whole, the whole workout ends up feeding the ego. I would be at, that would be find myself at the gym, and really young too, maybe like 17 or something like that. Find myself at the gym going, this sucks. <laughs> Gosh, this sucks. And it's like the only way I was keeping myself there was kind of like, oh, this sucks, but, you know, this is what's going to give me the body I want. It's going to make me have fun. Guy. Yeah, how am I going to get a guy if I'm not well, working out? And you know, and, and, and you know, it was funny. It was a battle the whole time because it was like it, I I would get trainers, I'd do different workouts, I would do different diets, and it was always just like not quite. How is it I'm working so hard and not quite? I feel very victimized, like I got the wrong genes. Why is my butt still big? Why is there still cheese on my thighs? I want to know. Because I am working out really hard and eating everything I'm supposed to be working. <laughs> I read all of the nutritional things and I did exactly what they said. And it's still there. So when all this stuff is seen, when all this stuff is seen, the same kinds of activities could arise, but they're all so much more fun. They're all so much more fun. And you don't have that thing with the, when is it going to work? Because it's not for that. It's for, it, it becomes repurposed. Anything that you find yourself doing becomes repurposed toward undoing the mind. And anyways, any way you see your body isn't even trail. Whatever you see, did you notice that? Like, what you, like it, it shifts all the time? Like the way you see your body, it shifts? Like sometimes it's like, oh, that's a little better. 
oh, that's really bad. I would find myself crying about it. I'd be like looking in the mirror and go. <laughs> Person comes over, it's like, oh, I'm just really going through it right now. Oh, I just hate my thighs. Look at them. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Those are terrible. <laughs> I don't want to look at those. <laughs> yeah, give me a burrito. <laughs> Look out, wins tonight. Look wins. God. Everybody's got a burrito. <laughs> Next thing you know, the whole wisdom dialogue. Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me the, just give me some raw meat. So then you're so so then when you're when you find yourself working out it's totally different. It's totally different. You're actually in it. Like it's almost like you're one with it. All these thoughts that occur to you. That's what the practice of yoga is, goes toward anyways. All working out doesn't matter what it is. It could be the same way. It's like you're watching your mind. You're watching these little trips that it's going on. It's fun. It is. It's fun. Why don't I have my twin flame yet? That's fun. Where's, where's, my, where's my this or where's my that? It's like it doesn't matter because like once you, uh, once you have your twin, fr- twin flame, then there's a whole set of problems that crop up with that because it's just your mind playing out. So it doesn't matter. It's not going to make it any better to get your twin flame. You never know. You might even have more of a good time without that. <laughs> I, hear, I hear people talk about, I don't know what I would do without them. I don't know how I would live without them. And whenever that thought occurred to me about my husband, I would feel really bad. It was like, that sucks. What would I do without him? Shit, all of this stuff is temporary. He could decide he likes a different kind of woman tomorrow. You know, he, he could die. <laughs> I just knew that that felt really bad, you know, to, to, to think like that. Like, oh, what would I do without that person? And, the, and for me, it looks like that, too, because it seems like my husband's doing everything. And, and, you know, like I have all this free space because he's doing everything, you know. It's like, oh my goodness, what would I do? It's like that thought is just there to make it seem like you need a body. It's only, it's only there for suffering. So it's like there's the suffering over when am I going to get my twin flame? And then the so-called twin flame comes. And then there's the suffering over one, losing the twin flame. Two, the twin flame isn't really that awesome right now. He's not doing what I want. Yes. <laughs> not doing it right. The flame is flickering. Yeah, the flame is flickering. <laughs> 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 
you're only meeting yourself over and over again. Whether that seems to be like the one, you know, like the one you're close with, your partner, husband, kid, whatever. You're meeting yourself over and over again. You don't need someone to to play in the role of your twin flame if there's no one playing that role at the moment. That's how you know you need them if there's a twin flame type thing showing up. Oh, this is perfect. It's for me. I need this. I need this. Yes. If they're breaking up with you, if they're going for another uh, another person, if they decided they want to be polyamorous now, whatever. It's like all exactly right for you. And it gets it gets worked out if you're only willing to see. And what I see is, you know, I'm talk to talk with one of my friends, you know, it's like, "Hey, why don't you come out to Hawaii?" No, I can't leave my husband. I can't go away from him. I can't be away from him. I have to be with him. And I don't know what I would do without him. You know, there's just not even an opening there. Not even going to dinner an hour away without the guy. Without the guy. And I don't know what I would do. Oh my goodness. You know, so where there's not an opening there, it's a total setup for suffering. Mm -hmm. It's a total setup. It's like for some reason he can't be there. It's like, ah. Like just a, just a little bit of opening, a little bit of willingness to see that he's not even there. Can I be okay without that partner? Can I be okay without this thing? That's another, another way addiction prevent, presents itself. Remember, the only addiction is addiction to thought. It's addiction to thought that we're, we separated ourselves from reality. So that's another way the addiction presents itself. Could be that I need this certain thing. Maybe it's a particular vice. You know, it, it seems like it's a. It seems like it's something that you need. It, and those those things that seem to bring the comfort, that seem to bring the comfort. You know, you're never going to be without it as long as you're open to. As long as you're open to, it could be anything. It could be anything. It seems to bring you comfort, but it doesn't. That comfort is coming from your mind. Comfort and discomfort both coming from the mind. It's like, if you're willing to let it be anything, you'll always find something that can act as that thing that provides the comfort for you. Even though it is all projected. And then that's, and that's like, that's no dependency. There's absolutely no dependency on anything in knowing that you always have exactly what it is that you need. And there's always going to be something that can be used for comfort. You just don't see it sometimes because you're, because you're focused on a particular thing or body being that thing that provides the comfort. Like, oh, thank goodness, it's that. It's not in that. You made the illusion that that thing or body or person can provide you the comfort, but it's not in that thing or body or person. And there's a lot of people who would like for other people to think of them as that kind of comfort. You know, so it's almost like, if you think about me like this, then that means you love me. 
And it really means that you don't know what love is. You have no idea what love is. It's like love is more like it's okay, however that goes. Unconditional. Yeah. Whatever shows up. Whatever shows up. Like with my husband and the staff, he had a big... It's getting smaller now, but it's like this... Maybe it was like this big. Maybe now it's like this big. Big, big old staff, right? It's on his... Hmm? And, and, you know, laying, laying on his back for like months on end and not able to get up and do anything or anything like that. And it's just like, it's okay. And I told my husband, you know what? As long as you would like to lay down, that's good. That's good. You're not loved for your productivity. <laughs> that's not why you're loved. As long as you'd like to lay down... Because I could say that because I know nothing happens. I know nothing happens. So it's not like you got to get, you got to get this thing handled. Yeah? You got to like, I don't know, go to the hospital and have them like infuse some antibiotics in your ass. And get this thing over with, man. You know, it's like, no, you can, however you, however you like to go about this kind of thing. However you like to play this one out, it's fine. It's perfect. It's perfect for me. I know that. That's what I mean. It's like you don't own the person, so it's not like, oh, you should be doing it this way. You should be getting healthier faster or something. It's like, let's see this thing play out. Let's see all the things that come up. It's funny. For me, it's like, how am I going to do all the stuff? Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't do anything. (laughs) Thank goodness for that. That's right. There's nothing. How's the the shopping going to get done? And how's the... And it's funny because after some months of that, it's like, it's it's almost like it becomes the normal kind of day. Or I'm doing everything, apparently. <laughs> and, you know, and every day it's like, I'm not, I, I'm not really doing anything, but it seems like I'm doing stuff. Mm. Seems like I'm doing all the stuff. Mm. And then when he comes back to starting to do stuff again, it's like, whoa. Where did all this time come from? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> but it looks like I can't do it. When he's doing all that stuff. And it looks like, how am I going to... People even told me that too. Oh my God, you'd be lost without him. You don't do any gardening. You're not good at cleaning. What else? I don't know. Cooking? Oh yeah, there's the cooking one. I can make a really good hot dog wrapped in tortilla and cheese. Mm. <laughs> twice baked potato. Oh, boy, twice baked potato. That's right. That's right. You can always go out and have a burrito. <laughs> That's right. That's one thing I am good at, going out to eat and spending money. <laughs> I can handle that all day long. 
<laughs> Eating burritos. Yes, that's good. That's good. But yeah, when he come when he comes back and starts doing the things that he was doing before, it's like whoa, it's like it it's almost like you forget about that. Like you forget about it. And then it's like, "Oh, thank you." But since no one's doing anything, it's not stressful. It doesn't end up being stressful. But it looks like it has the potential to be stressful. I see my kids start helping even. It's pretty funny. Wow, Mom. The kitchen. I'm like, I know, your dad's down. <laughs> yeah. When's he going to get better? <laughs> I don't know. It's perfect, though. <laughs> don't use that plate. It's got germs, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, honey, it's a good thing you're down. You do not want to see the kitchen right now. <laughs> But it's okay because it's okay because there isn't there isn't a need there isn't there isn't a need for it to get clean super fast like that there isn't a need but when when it's when it's him from his point of view it needs to get cleaned right away and he's doing it so that's perfect too And it doesn't matter which body the chore comes out of. That's the thing. It doesn't have any bearing on it, anything. I went a lot of years feeling like I should be doing more because I see how much he does. And I'd make myself go over and like kind of like slug away just so I could look like halfway. <laughs> I'm half of as efficient. <laughs> and of course, get the, the reflection back that I'm not good enough. I always get the reflection back. And then over the years and over, over seeing this play out a bunch of times, it's just like, uh, you know, I'd get the reflection like, oh, is that, how, is that all you're going to do? Is that it? That's what you call cleaning the kitchen? Like, and then and then eventually it's like yes for right now that's that's it and they'd be like oh my gosh what if he leaves you for a more efficient woman <laughs> you know like at first like oh what if he just like decides that it, wow he could have a partner that's more like him and they can get a lot more shit done you know <laughs> And then I even had a dream about it, a nighttime dream, that he's like, uh, he, he's with another woman. He's like, yeah, I got her, and now, you know, yeah, she's, she's the one now. And it's like, it's funny, because in the dream, it was just like, all these fears come up all at once. And in the, but in the dream, it was like, oh, well, thanks for spending all that time with me. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. 
Congratulations. You know, it's not like anything's wrong with it. It's like, oh, okay, perfect. People would go, uh, you think your husband cheats on you? And I go, not that I've seen, but I'm open to it. <laughs> haven't seen any signs of that, but... <laughs> it won't, you know, it, it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything at all. It would just be, it would just most likely be the end of that. It would just, for me, it would just most likely be the end of that, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It's like, oh, you found someone else. Okay. Let's see what comes up next. It's just a show playing out. It's like no one's, no one's guilty. Like, how dare you? You married me. And then you went and did that kind of stuff. You're watching them. You're checking their text messages. <laughs> making sure they're not sexting. <laughs> hiring one of those. Hiring one of those undercover oh, yeah. agents. Do you see those things? Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's an undercover agency that'll... Uh, they'll get yeah they'll text. take pictures of, of him with someone else. They can videotape it too. Yeah. Oh, the guys that follow the your yeah. spouse. Yeah, they'll they'll follow them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those ads come up on the. I'm like, wow, that's desperate, man. I can go on to that show called Cheaters. Oh yeah, there's a show yeah. for it. Just come over and be polyamorous. <laughs> come, over, come over to Puna. If you want to cheat, you could just like get another person that likes to do that too. <laughs> you go do it together and it's not even called cheating. <laughs> Swingers, there's all kinds of things. <laughs> I also got the email. I don't know if anyone's gotten this email, but it, I got it twice in two different occasions. I could tell it's a scam because it says that they got all the dirt on me and they know the porn sites I've been on. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not into that. <laughs> yeah, they're like, if you don't pay me by $850 by this time... You're going to be, I bet it has people scrambling all over the place. Everyone's going to find out. Imagine the shame you're going to go through. I've been snapping pictures of you. I'm like, all of that stuff can come out. It's it's actually targeted, yeah. Targeted. Yeah. But that's that's fishing in the dark. I don't think my computer has ever seen a porn, a porn site. <laughs> yeah, my response would be, I'm going to see you because you're taking away from my royal, potential royalties I could be making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have to know what's in my secret to make it work. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think maybe there's just an assumption that everyone's doing that or no, something. Everyone maybe it's like, it's like a shotgun blast. You're going to yeah. get some yeah. of the people that have been on pornography and know it. Uh-oh. But can't you trace their email and report that? It's kind of like, who cares, though? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it's funny. It's funny. It's just like, uh, it's just like, oh, I see, yeah, and kind of like, uh, oh yeah, I can see how there would be well, a feeling of desperation. What? At least you know you're innocent. <laughs> yeah. Well, even if I was looking at porn, it's like fine. Everyone can know I'm looking at porn. It's good. I'd probably talk about it in wisdom dialogue if I was looking at porn. <laughs> <laughs> what? And a phone heard. And a phone heard. <laughs> also, if anyone looks at porn, that's not a problem. I thought you meant they knew you had been on porn, like in the movies, like an actual. Oh, I was. I was in a porn. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was. I was. That was a long time ago, though. I don't know if anyone can find it because it was before digital. I've been looking for it myself. I couldn't find it. All right. All right. What's it called? I I don't I don't know the, I I don't know the name of the actual thing. Yeah. I don't know the name of the actual thing. So. And so tell us about this. Tell us about your porn movie. What do you do? Use your imagination on that. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. Yeah. It actually didn't happen. No, it was only once. Yeah. <laughs> it was only once and I was like, oh, that's not for me. <laughs> My mom was really scared because she thought I was way, I was, I was like going to be a judge or something like that. But now I couldn't because I did porn. I don't think it would even matter now. Like in this, maybe in that era. It was like a big deal. I don't think it would really matter now. It didn't happen. You weren't. You were going to be a judge. That was my mom's thing. I don't know. She wanted you to be a judge. Well, she thought it would be something that could be. Oh. Could be a thing. I see, but they'd have a negative judgment about you being a porn star, so you couldn't be. A judge. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was a star. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. What is that? The way that not? Oh, Van Nuys. Yeah, Sapphinal Valley, California. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Every other backyard. <laughs> so it's just the idea that there's a problem with it. It's just the idea that there's a problem with something like porn, for instance, that makes it into this seedy thing. It's a trip. 
It's like you go into a neighborhood where they have the, the shops, all the shops, and they're, they're like ghetto, like junkie. Like you can only do it like this. You know, it's like a, it's like a hiding thing. You got to go back and hide. And that's, I think that's what why there's this huge draw toward it. You know, it's like this guilty thing. Oh, here I am. <laughs> it's like <laughs> just letting it be, just letting anything be, just letting anything be what it is. And you know, when you're not when you're not feeling like you have to hide anything, it doesn't become like that. It doesn't become this 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 secretive and um, oh, put them over there. Kind of see that going on with the weed too. Now that they legalize it in California, just in some areas, put it over there where it's poor. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's all like a like a seedy neighborhood. They have all those security guards and stuff. I was just in um, in California and in Van Nuys. Uh, no, in Union Square. There, uh, there's San a in San Francisco. There, they were wanting to put a marijuana shop, but everybody was fighting against it because not in our beautiful Union Square. Right. And there's still prejudice against marijuana smokers. Yeah, in Union Square. <laughs> <laughs> it's flourishing in uh, Port Miami because they have no um, like income, no supermarkets, and so it's all like cannabis <laughs> shops now. It's really interesting. Yeah, it seems like it, it. It seems like once it once it goes legal too, it's like there's a big thing about it. Like, oh yay, 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 and all, all the people that I talk to too, it's like they find themselves having less and less and less of it. Huh. The less it's signified, stigma, stigmified, stigmified, stigmatized, tized. Thank you, <laughs> stigmatized. Then the less people are drawn to it, because just even the very drawing, drawn to something in excess, and you know what I mean by excess? It's like, oh, this is, this sucks. I, you know, it's like the the thrill is gone out of it. It's not so fun anymore. It's just like, oh, it's just like a habit now. It just like keeps on going like that. So that, what's that? All the winds let out. Yeah. So what keeps it going like that is the guilty, trying to get the guilty consciousness, <laughs> trying to get that guilty feeling. When, you, when, it's not, when it's not for that, when it's not for that guilty feeling, and it's just that these things, whatever it happens to be, you can include porn in that too. You know, there's not a problem with it. It's just that this idea that it's guilty. And if there's more talking in, in, about it, like, like, oh yeah, I watch, I watch porn. I masturbate like every day, you know. It, then, it, then there's not so much of this guilty thing, you know. It's like there's this hiding. That's the ego, the hiding, all the hiding. Well, they wouldn't like you if you if they knew that thing about you. That's why I find myself just saying whatever it is, you know. A lot of times people assume I'm a, I'm a vegan too, and I, and I'll find myself just just like oh okay, and then if they and and then if they go well. Would you like this one or this one? I'm like, oh, I'm going for the one with meat maybe that day, you know? And it's, and it's like, oh, I can't believe that you're not, oh my gosh. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Seems like, uh, it, it seems like there's a lot of, 
<laughs> how could you? <laughs> yeah, there's this, there's these ideas of how a person, uh, of how a person is, and if you're just like whatever you seem to be doing on the surface, and you know that it's meaningless, you don't have anything to hide. All that hiding is ego. So just it just imagine yourself being honest about it. If you're not able to right now, I know a lot of people have things where it's like, if they knew that about me, they wouldn't like me. Let it out. Let it come out. So don't try to guard against it and it will. And, as, and the more that it comes out and it shows it to you and you get the sense of embarrassment or something like that, shame, that's what shows you more and more. It reveals to your own mind that none of this stuff matters. None of it actually matters. It's like, oh, you're talking about me. I can't stand people who, oh, you're talking about me. can't believe those wives who don't help their husband with the gardening. <laughs> and cleaning. <laughs> I can't believe those people who eat something that had a face. <laughs> that had a face, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe you let her pull the trash out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch the hiding because that's the ego's game is to always hide. And if you don't have anything to hide because you never do anything. And when you, don't, when you know that you don't have anything to hide, there's no shame attached to the apparent doings, so they don't have to hang on for, for shame. The, the, a lot of it is they're hanging on for the shame. That's what going to AA is about. You know, those, the, the meetings of the shameful... The ones who have a problem, they're shameful, they're feeling shameful about these things. And they're learning to stuff it. I'm an addict, that's what they say. My name is so-and-so, and I'm an addict. And then you get, a, you get a merit, you get a chip if you don't do something for a while. And that's what keeps it, everyone in the zone of being an addict. It's like you can't... You cannot have any of that. And then since there's no choice, since there's no choice, there's some people who are doing really well with their, with their program and they're getting all the chips. And who knows? They could be hiding something to get the chips. And then there's others who aren't getting the chips because they're... Yeah. It's all shame. It's all for shame. It doesn't really matter either way. There's no, there's, there's no drinking, there's no drug use, there's no, uh, there's, there's no pornography, there's nothing like that. These things are just arising and presenting themselves as if pe- some people are doing them and some people are not so that you can project shame. Uh, shame can be projected back and forth. And, uh, that's all the things that arise in this, on the surface. If you feel shame... If you project shame, that was what it, it that's what, that was the ego's use for that particular thing. And the ego can overtake anything. I'm going to stop watching TV at night or something. 
<laughs> all right, I'm going to use all my willpower here. <laughs> I stopped watching TV when I met her. How fun! Yeah, she had no TV, but our conversations and talking, we really didn't need it, really. Nice. You know, and, and, uh, and about food, that's how, we, that's how we got to know each other. We went out every day, lunch, breakfast. <laughs> No, it's funny because on Black Friday, I went and bought a stuff, right? Electronics, a computer, and a TV, and a printer. And I'm like, the printer's not open, and neither is the TV. So I'm like, I guess I should just take those back. And then the computer's not even, won't let me sign in, so I'm just going to take that back, too. <laughs> what a fun play. Right? Yeah. yeah. I was surprised to see the TV. I mean, you what? just meditate all day, you know? It's like, yeah. you got to, like, mix it up. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even have a choice in that. You don't even have a choice in whether you meditate all day. That's the thing. It's, getting, yeah. it's all getting mixed up for you. It's not, it's, it's not like there's a, there's a responsibility taken for this thing. You can't be, if you, if, you, if you feel responsible and believe that you're responsible for how this body evolves or how your life goes, in that moment, you're avoiding responsibility. You're avoiding responsibility for having made an illusion. And for your purpose in seeing through the illusion. Let all those things play out. You're smoking, 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 smoking until you're sick and you're like... <laughs> Let that thing play out. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be... All my friends that don't smoke have all these... Issues and they're vegan. <laughs> <laughs> You're over there smoking and eating meat. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly it's just smoking and burritos. So that brings me to nothing has an effect on the body again, because it's really important that nothing has an effect on the body. You know, it's like it, it's like normal to say. Uh, we did all this eating and then we gained 20 pounds and then people are just like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And then those things are completely unrelated. Those two things are completely unrelated. It, it's just, it's, it's just the shame in it. And it's a, it's, it's not, it's not personal because the, the shame is like something that's just projected. It's, and, and it comes to everyone. So it's like, you get this sense like, oh, I'm having way too much fun. I'm going to have to pay the price. You know. And then it reveals itself to you that way. Or you gain a couple pounds and you're like, okay, I really need to focus on my eating. And then that's also the shame thing coming up. You, you, can, you, can, find that you, you can find that you are eating different. I mean, I find myself, I'm eating different all the time. It's always changing. You know, I was sitting at a pizza parlor uh, a little bit ago, and I was getting pizza for my son, and he was eating pizza. I did not feel like having any pizza. Mm-hmm. So I was just sitting there enjoying him, 
eating pizza. And then a wonderful reflection, this guy, he's like, wow, you're just going to sit there and not eat any pizza? Wow, you must have some really good willpower. You must have some really... And I'm like, oh, thank you. (laughs) It's just that it's not driven by a certain thing. It's not driven by something. So it it could turn out as anything. It could be anything. It's like, it's the, the, oh, there's no, there's no mood for pizza right now. So there's no movement toward pizza. There's no I should have it or shouldn't have it, but there's not a movement toward it. And however that plays out, it's okay. I know my body will, be, will, will take care of itself. It's just like a plant. You know, it's, it's like a plant. Like a plant grows and it, it's like a seed. It comes out, it starts to get big and then... It, it's old and then it shrivels and it dies, you know. It's like that. It's just like it's an image. It's nothing. So it can go how it goes. And there's all, there's all these different things that seem like you can do, but you can't, you can't find yourself doing anything but what you're doing in that moment. So then just let that be sacred, whatever it is, even if it's abstaining from pizza. You know, eating pizza, abstaining from pizza, drinking the drink, not drinking the drink. Last night I was at Kaleo's not drinking a drink. That was fun. I was at the bar though. (laughs) But another time I might go there and have drinks. I don't know. It's not a thing. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a thing for me how this plays out. But it's, you know, for the ego mind, for the ego-driven mind, it's a big thing. All the thoughts are going towards what it's doing and comparing what other people are doing. I never got so mental as when I was on a... Uh, I was on a diet. It was a really strict diet. It was Ajnus's diet. <laughs> I never got so mental. <laughs> he gave me a plan. <laughs> and it was really specific. It was exactly, exactly, exactly. And you're going to die of cancer unless you do this plan, you know. The doctors can't even detect it right now, but I can see it in your iridology. You are <laughs> oh, and get this, and, and get this. Once you get all that shit out of your body, you're gonna have blue eyes. I'm like, oh, blue eyes. That sounds good. I'm committed. <laughs> well, it's, it's called the primal diet. It's all raw food, including raw meat. Well, mostly raw meat. Like a half pound of raw meat you twice a day. I, I haven't looked. Uh, what did you have? They're light. They're, they're kind of light. Light colored. Like hazel. <laughs> I haven't looked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic. No mirrors. They used to be brown. Like so Used to be brown. Used to be dark brown. They don't look brown now. Yeah. Wow, that's a, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> it <laughs> works. <laughs> I have blue eyes. You do. But I've always had blue eyes. Oh. 
But it was mostly the judgment about other people that really revealed it to me. You know, I was like, wow. And there's nothing wrong with the diet or going on a diet or anything like that. It's, 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 it's fine. It's just that this, uh, this feeling like, oh gosh, I have been tricked my whole life into believing that this kind of food is, you know, the regular food that people eat is good for you. And now I'm, I have cancer and I'm going to, and, and it made my eyes brown. (laughs) (laughs) So they were supposed to be blue. (laughs) And, And then, and I'd see other people eating stuff. And I'd feel so bad. I'd be like, gosh, why can't everyone just get on the primal diet? That would make it so much easier for me to go to parties and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I'm just so judgmental on this thing. This is amazing. This is amazing. But there's not a problem with it per se. And what Ajnus, you know, told me, that's what he saw too. He saw that there's cancer and it's his truth that if you eat the raw meat, then it's going to get rid of that and also turn your eyes blue. How long did you do it for? I did it really religiously for eight months. Yeah, I did exactly the thing. And it was a lot of different things. It was like a lot of, it was like exactly... Um, a half pound of meat with two tablespoons of butter and two oysters twice a day, plus other stuff. I gained 20 pounds in, in five or in the eight months. In the eight months, he's like, I want you to gain weight. I'm like, okay. And then you'll lose it again. Interesting. Did you within? Did you gain it and then lose it? Not within that thing. No, no, no. In fact, it was it was so it was such a trip because it was so there was so much judgment in it. There was so much judgment in it. This um, rash developed right here around. I was supposed to be getting healthier, but I had a had a rash develop here. What? From the oysters. From the oysters. Big big brash develops, and then I'm like, okay, it really showed me. It's like, oh my gosh, it really doesn't matter. It really does not matter. Yeah, it's like, wow, I'm over here thinking I'm going to get so healthy because I'm eating this way, and. I'm like feeling all sluggish and I got this rash and I know it's not the food. I know it's not the food. It's just the way I took it was like judgment. So it's like none of the food did anything. The diet didn't necessarily live up to all its promises, but you're not attributing the diet to being sluggish or. Oh no, not at all. It's all the mind. It's all the mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the diet. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. Yeah, I didn't, even at that point, it was like, I'm not even going to, I didn't even attribute it to the diet. I was just like, it doesn't matter. Right. So what it really showed me, it doesn't matter, you know. And it's like, I know, I've, I've been studying nutrition for, by that time, I had been studying nutrition for so many years, and I've seen that nothing matters. I've seen that nothing matters. It all goes the same kind of way. So... I just was like, okay, enjoy. Yeah, you know. Going back to enjoying. 
Yay, everyone. Right. Thank you so much. I love you. Yeah, Thank you. you. Yes. All right, let's all go have a drink. <laughs> a burrito. A burrito. <laughs> or a burrito, yeah.